Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Where my cream's at? From the front to back, well, is you creaming that? Cream up that neck, can you repeat that? Try to use code Natch because you need that. So serum up, or where my cream's at? From the front to back, well, is you creaming that? Cream up that neck, can you repeat that? Try to use code Natch because you need that. And then my favorite part of the song is when she goes, hey, 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 iconic vocal. <laughs> Honestly, iconic. Iconic iconic vocal 702. Yes. I don't know where y'all are, but you're queens. We respect you. Welcome, everybody, to Natchbute. Welcome to Natchbute, the beauty comedy podcast where we laugh, we cry, and we cream, as you heard in the song. Yes, honey, welcome. I am your host and your guy, Jackie J., also known as the Beauty Talk Shock Shock, your queen of creams, the host of the most serums, the freshest fringe on the West Coast, your favorite over 30 niche influencer, your kooky southern aunt. Welcome to Natchbute. Oh, I'm so thrilled about today's interview. My guest and I have been vibing already. It's Let's see, we've been on the Zoom for seven minutes. We have not hit record yet because we were just chatting and vibing and just, we just are going to have a great time. So you're all welcome in advance. My guest today, a multifaceted woman with all kinds of amazing things going on. A digital creator, an activist, a podcast host, and apparently a plant babe. So there's a lot going on. She hosts the incredibly important There Are No Girls on the Internet podcast, which just recently won the iHeartRadio podcast award for best technology podcast. Quite a tough category. Uh, personally, I lost my category. I was also nominated and I lost. But that's okay. I'm not bitter about it. My host is a winner and I'm happy for her because I'm an adjusted person. Okay, I'm adjusted. I'm happy that they won. Okay. She's also the communications director at Ultraviolet, which is an organization whose mission we could all get behind to create a more inclusive world that represents all women on a mission to build a better internet for women. That is something that I love. We don't talk a lot about the internet on Natchview, even though technically the show is on the internet. So it's really important. This queen today is also the photos of her relaxing with a glass of wine in various beautiful places all over <laughs> in hot tubs. We're going to have to discuss because there's something definitely exciting going on there. She's also self-described as quote-unquote very tall. I got to get to the bottom of that. Coming at you from Washington, D.C., please welcome my guest, Bridget Todd. Oh my God, I'm dying at this introduction. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for the vibes. Fellow plant lady, fellow yes. plant babes. The plant babe <laughs> energy, yes. I need to know first, Bridget, how tall are you? I, the, my, the, the standard line I give is that I am 5'11", 
five eleven in stocking feet, but six feet in in any kind of shoe. So it's it's technically five eleven and a half. So I'm pretty tall. I feel like I am. The kind of tall where people don't realize it until they meet me in yep. person. And then they're like, oh, wow, you're very tall. So let me school you, Bridget. Guess how tall your girl Jackie J is? How tall are you? 5'10", honey. Oh, I'm right below you. Yes, yes. I'm right below you. <laughs> we should you form mean, a ladies basketball team. You, me, Michelle Obama, Rihanna, okay? Mm-hmm. We've, got the, we've got that tall gene and we love yes. to see it. When I saw that you were self-described as very tall, I said, oh, I'm so excited. I love all people and all women of all sizes, but we understand each other, the tall ladies. It's true. I have a question for you. Did you, When you were younger, did you like dream of being like shorter? Yes. I used to always be like, oh, I wish I was one of those yes. really petite, tiny yes. girls with the like cute sneezes. Yes. I wanted to be like, <laughs> I'm at the grocery store. I can't reach the bean jar. Can <laughs> someone help me? Um, yes, but it's just silly. It's because women are conditioned to hate themselves and we always want what we can't have. And I love being tall now. I wouldn't change it for anything. I like it too. My partner is five, six. Okay. And so we're doing, we're doing a little bit of a Tom Holland um, Zendaya yes, thing. You sure are. <laughs> and you know what? I, God, I love Zendaya. Me I just too. finished Euphoria. God. Oh, She's I have incredible. it. It's on my DVR to to, to watch tonight. That, yes, the, the finale. finale. Ooh, can't wait. She's so incredible. I'm just astounded at her every episode. She's just such an impressive and what a wonderful role model. I just find all of her fashion, all of her choice. I think she's incredible. But Bridget, we're not here to discuss Zendaya, are we? We're I mean, to- I could. We could. We could, but we're not. We're going to talk about you because you are the guest on Attribute. And I must get to the intro questions. The first question I ask every guest on Ashview is, what type of skin do you have? Uh, problematic. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's, I would describe it as oily combination. It's like oily in places, dry in places. Yeah. Hyperpigmented. Is that okay. what the word is? Like, yeah. I am in my 30s. Is I'm on a skin journey. I love it just with all its flaws. So, yeah, combination slash problematic, but still pretty but good. Fa- yes, but still gorgeous. Thank you. I would have yeah. never known any of that looking at you, but you know what? We're all on our own journey. Okay, Bridget, I ask every guest this question as well. Take me back. What beauty product was the first one you ever used or bought? Do you remember? I remember this. So I love that this is one of your opening questions because I remember this like it was <gasps> yesterday. Take Paint a picture for us. I can't wait. So I was... Turning 14 was my 14th birthday. and Very vulnerable time in a woman's life. Yes, yes, yes. And my mom was the kind of, it was and still is the kind of lady who like spends a lot of time at makeup counters, beauty counters, Mm -hmm. department stores. And so I had a lot of memories of playing with the samples while she discussed in great detail her beauty regime with like a woman, a very concerned woman behind the counter. And up until this point, I I went to all girls school and I wasn't allowed to wear makeup really. And I really associated beauty products with womanhood at this point, right? Like it was just something that was like a mysterious world to me. And for my 14th birthday, my mom took me to the Clinique counter at the Chesterfield Town Center Mall. And I was in heaven. And I got their starter set that comes with that. um, Yes. Dramatically different moisturizer. The moisturizer. It was the... I got a little tote bag. It was the most important 
thing that had ever happened to me. Because up until that point, I had been using just whatever I could get at the grocery store. And I don't know what it was about this time, but I was using that stuff, Sea Breeze, that basically just just destroyed your skin. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of the most angry things I when I think about the 90s and early 2000s. Like, Sea Breeze, how are you still around? How have you not been sued? Because what a bad product. Yeah, I had been, I used Sea Breeze twice a day before bed and when I woke up. So my skin was like just screaming at me all the time. I also used to get beauty products from the grocery store and and just sort of crapshoot how to use them. So Noxzema, I would sleep in Noxzema as if it was a mask. I just didn't know. I didn't know how things were used. I know. Oh. So the first time I got my Clinique, I was like, I am a woman now. I am an adult now. I have been welcomed into this world of cosmetics and beauty products and all this stuff. And that was my very first. I remember it like it was yesterday. I think I still have the plastic case the soap came in. That might be my favorite answer. And I've almost done 300 episodes of the show. It was beautiful. (laughs) And I'm telling you, whoever was the marketing director at Clinique in the 90s and 2000s, you did a great job because every teen girl wanted Clinique. Yes. And made it their mission. I would, every time they had those little gift with purchases, I would go buy something and get the little bag and it was the most exciting moment. So hats off to whoever did that. They were the top of the top back in that time. Absolutely. And I mean, I still have fond memories of Clinique, but the, whatever the branding was on Clinique was so immaculate yes. because it stuck with us. I remember my senior prom, somebody in the limo was passing around a bottle of Clinique Happy and we were all yes. like, oh my God, Clinique Happy. You know? I wore Clinique Happy religiously. Like I would anoint myself in it yeah, before it was, going to school. It was a special, a special time for time. Clinique. It really was. It was a beautiful time. Oh, what a great answer. Okay, Bridget, this is your bonus warm-up question. I give one specifically to each guest and yours is what is your wine of choice what is your sauce because i've been like i said i saw all these photos of you holding a glass of wine and relaxing and i was like is she a pinot gal is she a chardonnay queen what what's your poison my poison is and i'm actually drinking it right now cheap prosecco okay (laughs) i love i love anything i always say life is too short to drink something that's not effervescent. So if it's got bubbles, I love it. I love an effervescent. You've probably seen many a picture of me drinking Prosecco out of a tumbler in a hot tub or by the mountains. That is my happy place in life. Wow, Prosecco. We love. I'm loving the bubbles, honey. Okay. And I love that you're drinking. I'm pregnant, so I'm just drinking water. Oh, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. And once you give birth, we'll have to celebrate over a glass of Prosecco. Oh, honey, I'll get the cheapest bottle you can find. (laughs) The cheaper the better. Scratch your itch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want to like feel the nutrients leaving my body with every sip. I want to wake up completely depleted by the sugars. Yes. Okay. (laughs) What a vibe. I'll make it happen. Oh, I love this. Okay, Bridget, next and final warm up question. And yes, my warm up questions do take 15 minutes. This is Natural Butte. We celebrate our natural beauty, much like your mother at the Clinique counter. We love just celebrating our beauty as women. What is the most beautiful thing about you? So I feel really, uh, I felt very obligated to give a non-physical answer. It's an open question. You can answer however you like. like. My personality. But I think I would have to say, 
if I'm going physical attribute, I'm going to say my smile. Yes. Um, my parents spent a lot of money on orthodontia. Uh, yes. Shout out to Dr. Dunlovey yes. <laughs> for all his work. <laughs> and then I, I think that I, I mean it physically, but I also I think that I am easy to smile, easy to laugh, can find humor in a lot of situations. Yep. So I, I think, yeah, just that is a quality about me that I find very beautiful. Oh, fabulous answer. And I also must comment on the French tip nail. Oh. I must comment on the French tip. This is my first time getting acrylics. <gasps> I don't know if you've ever gotten them, but the acrylics with the tips, yes. I'm loving. I'm loving. I I get the hard gel, but I was just discussing with my nail tech, Tony, that I'm about to do my maternity shoot. And I'm doing, I'll just tell y'all, I'm oh doing an, a 90s glamour shot country western look. Yes! And I'm and I was like, Tony, can I get white tips? Do it. And he goes, Every that's back on trend. Everyone's doing that. <laughs> I was trying to do something throwback. And he's like, No, that's current. Everyone gets that. It's not and I'm like, Oh man, but I'm still gonna do it. No, it's gonna be it's gonna look amazing. I, I also thought it was a little bit of a throwback. Come to find out, this is how all the girlies are wearing their nails. Yes, so. Who knew? <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what we went through. Okay. They I don't was at that know. Clinique counter with my acrylic French tips picking out yes. my free gift in two thousand two. <laughs> and they need to put some respect on it. Yes. Everything old is new again. It I seems. know. It's really wild. Okay, Bridget, I'm vibing and I'm excited. My first question for you. Have you always been a techie? And when did your relationship with the internet start? Oh, I, it's been a, what a good question. It has been a lifelong love, I guess. I still remember the first time we got a computer in our house, I was in fifth grade. I was 11. And wow. it was like one of those horrible gray yes. boxy things. They and took my parents, like 20 minutes to boot up. Oh my God. Yeah. It had to warm up. Remember that? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's so scary. And my parents set it up in what we called the computer room. Yep. Mm -hmm. And nobody was allowed to eat or drink in that room. And if my dad caught you with a, like one time my brother had a Pepsi in there and it's like, it sticks in my mind how yes. unacceptable that was in our house. Uh, and so really that was the first time that I had ever been around computers or technology. And it was this door opening into this world that I had never even known existed. I grew up in the South, a, a pretty small town in Virginia and it was a lovely upbringing, but I always felt pretty out of place. And mm -hmm. when you grow up in, in, in a very small town, everybody knows everybody. Everybody does the same thing. Everybody kind of is the same. And I always knew deep down, I was like, these people are all fine, but they're not me. They don't feel mm -hmm. reflective of who I am. And so getting the internet, back then it was America Online, yeah. was this gateway into all these different worlds and perspectives and identities that I just I never knew existed. And so every night, you know, I would get on, I would get online and I would just explore these different places. And I'm sure I was doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing and all of that. But like, it truly was the, my, my first inclination that there is a world outside of my small town. And that really was what solidified my love. Oh, what a fab answer. Remember the dial up? The kids don't know. Oh, the yes. The kids don't know the dial up struggle. And your mom would pick up the phone and be like, <laughs> mom, I'm chatting. Yes. Put down the phone. I'm online. Yes. I'm in the middle of my noise. chat room. <laughs> the like, yes. key, 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 key. Oh, like the horrible so noise. It's so bad. Uh, but we did what we had to do. It's true. I was going to be on those chat rooms, whether like, 
phone call that my mom needed to make be damned. That's <laughs> right. going to be in those chat rooms. In AOL and Sim Messenger, I truly spent way too many hours of my teenage years chatting with people on there. And of Same. course, mo- they were like people I knew for the most part. But just my dad would be like, why don't you go outside? Like, <laughs> you need some vitamin D. <laughs> I know. That's exactly how I was. And I would be chatting with people who like – Lived on my street. Yes. Like, I could, I could have gone over to their house. Right. I could have probably yelled out the window. <laughs> we did what we had to do. Exactly. I, I'm curious, Bridget. The internet is such a vast place. Now, we know that the internet can also not be a pretty place. So I have a twofold question for you. My first question is a positive question. What are some of your favorite current corners of the internet? Meaning places you like to go that make you happy, boost that serotonin, slash... Do you see any change in progress happening on the internet? Or are we fucking doomed? Do we need to throw our computers out the window? That's a twofold question. Take it away. Oh, I love this question. So (laughs) my favorite corners of the internet are all hyper niche internet spaces that are dedicated to one niche topic. And so the one that I enjoy the most is my favorite podcast on the planet. It's called Who Weekly. It's a podcast that explores it's basically like the magazine Us Weekly, Us. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like an Us Weekly, but for D-list celebrities who you, you might know their name, but you can't quite remember why they're yep. famous. Your Rita Auras, your, um, I'm trying to think of somebody else. You're sort of like people where you're like, oh, that name sounds familiar to me, but I, yep. can't, I can't place why I know her. Yep. Yep. Well, so they have built up, so the podcast is hilarious and they have built up these incredibly niche Facebook subgroups on Facebook that are the most specific and also plugged in places. They've got subgroups for all different kinds of things. And the thing I love about it is that you build these communities online based around like a hyper niche joke that like Mm -hmm. maybe you and 40 other people get. But then it also becomes this place of real community and support. Like some of the groups have financial funds where it's like if somebody is struggling, we can all donate to this person. And so I love that it's building online community around something like some like hyper niche interest, but also is really has the aspects of community that I love, like helping each other, supporting each other. So that's definitely where I go when I need to get that boost after being online. You kind of (laughs) described the Natch Butte Facebook group too. Very similar vibe in there. Yeah. The podcast communities are just so strong. Oh yes. Oh yes. And I think it's because when you are connecting around your favorite podcast, it just, it's something about it that it's like you are in community with each other. You have a shared love of something or a shared interest. And so, yeah, those are my favorite spaces online. Great answer. Now, are we doomed? Have you Ooh. seen any progress? And this, listen, if you want to get dark, we can. We've been so light and bubbly like a cheap Prosecco. But truly, <laughs> currently, as we're speaking, obviously, there's a lot going on in the world. There's so much misinformation. There's so much, it's scary what's going on. They can fake complete the deep fakes of it all. I mean, it's wild out there, Bridget. Are we fucking doomed? Uh, this is something I grapple with a lot. <laughs> and I, and I, I ask this question of all of the guests on my podcast, yes. like, are you hopeful? I will say this. Personally, I have to be hopeful. Otherwise, I would not be in this yes. work. I would not be doing what I do. And so I have actually seen slow progress. I think that even just a few years ago, We weren't having a national conversation about things like misinformation, things like online harassment, things like what does it mean when 
women or people of color can just be sort of harassed out of spaces. We weren't even having that conversation. And so the people who were the targets of that, of those things were just suffering. And the people who had the power to do things were just not doing anything because we didn't even have the language to really talk about it. And so I am hopeful and that I feel like we are coming into a space where we have a little bit more of a collective understanding of what is going on that I don't think we had even five years ago. So I'm hopeful. And again, I believe in the power of the internet and people who care about it. And it's what drew me to the internet. And so I got to be a little bit of an optimist. Fabulous answer. You're really a pro. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that. (laughs) You really are a pro. Very impressed. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Okay, this question, I'm going to have to ask you out the iHeartRadio. Congratulations on your win. Again, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter that I didn't win. I was actually shocked I was nominated. So we love an iHeart moment over here on Attribute. What inspired you to start There Are No Girls on the Internet? What a great title, by the way. Thank you. Oh, God, I love this question. I appreciate it so deeply. I I have... And as I said, like I have had a lifelong love of the internet and technology. And in my professional career, I had been working at tech companies. I used to work for a tech platform called Medium and a couple other places. Yet I would always, if somebody asked, like, do you work in tech? I would say no. I would always demur. And I realized, I was like, why do I make myself small in conversations about technology and the internet? And I realized it was because I'm not an engineer, I'm not a coder, I don't work in hard, like hard tech stuff. That's not my that's not my ministry, although I appreciate people who do that. And I realized that if I, who worked at tech companies had been involved in tech my whole life, was making my small, myself small in conversations about technology and the internet, there's probably so many people who were like, "Oh, well, I'm not involved in technology. I don't know anything about technology, even though most people use technology every day. And technology really does shape so much of our day-to-day lives, right? Pretty much everything now, shit. Everything, exactly, especially since the pandemic. And so I realized that in making ourselves small, in taking ourselves out of the conversation, in saying, oh, I don't deserve, who am I to have a perspective? Who am I to have an opinion on technology? I'm not a techie person. We were really allowing other people to make decisions on our behalf. We were allowing other people to take us out of the conversation and sort of being part and parcel to taking our own agency and our own voice out of that conversation. And so I really wanted to create a change that conversation and say, even if you're not necessarily somebody who works in tech or is an engineer, you still deserve to have a perspective in technology. You still deserve to take up space in technology. You still have an important role to play because you're the person who is using this technology. And when I was looking at the different kinds of technology podcasts that are out there, something that I found so weird and interesting Let me guess, all white dudes. All white dudes, right? (laughs) And when there are podcasts that are technology-focused, that are meant to be for and by women or people of color, 
so many of those shows are about your career in tech or how to make mm-hmm. money at, from tech. And there's no no shade to that. We definitely need shows like that. But I just feel like women and people of color and other marginalized people, we also deserve to have conversations about the cultural impact and the implications and all of that. Like, we deserve to be centered in conversations that are heady and navel gazy about the the implications of technology and culture, not just about this sort of capitalistic, like, how can you make money in it? How can right. you, how can you like boost your career? And so, yeah, I really wanted to, to spearhead some of those conversations. Well, that is exciting. And I love that. A lot of what you just said resonated with me because you're right. We are all tech. We all, yeah. Just because I don't know how to work TikTok, Bridget, <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't know. I don't deserve a space here. Exactly. And I, I'm trying with TikTok. I, I love to, to consume TikTok. Same. But I'm a voyeur. I love yes. to watch, but I haven't really like gotten in that bed yet. Exactly. I'm we'll trying. get there. We'll get there. We're getting there. I also have, and I don't know if this is true for you, I have very large hands due to oh, my... Oh, definitely. And I feel the app is just not feasibly... You're not, I don't navigate it easily. I think it's meant for small children. It's meant for people who haven't fully grown. And so with large hands, I have a hard time hitting the buttons. I have a hard time editing with the little slider. Listen, we all have our crosses to bear. (laughs) And also, Bridget, speaking of uh, making money, I just wanted to ask you because this, I see a lot of NFT crap on Twitter. I see it on TikTok. Do we need to get in the game? What's your expert opinion as somebody on, in the internet world? Do we need to get an NFT or do, should we all avoid it? Is this just a fad? What are you, What's your hot take? What a good question. So I will say I'm not an expert on NFTs. If anyone is listening, don't come from me. This is just my opinion. And I am yes. totally willing to say I don't know all there is to know about this. And I have lots of people that I respect, whose opinions I respect, who are very involved in, in, in cryptocurrency, NFTs, and all of that. However... I will say that from my perspective, I think if you have not gotten into NFTs at this point, it might be something that you should definitely be interested in and curious about, but I would not necessarily be rushing out to make financial investments in it unless you have a lot of disposable income that you can basically, you know, put into NFTs and see what happens, right? So if you're Paris Hilton, who is very invested in NFTs and you've got plenty of money, Go wild, go for it. If you're somebody who is trying to figure out a, a, a savvy... If you're living check to check right now, maybe yes. this ain't the best time. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't really have the funds to... I like the idea of it, but I don't really have the funds to put behind something like that. And, and if you are like me, that you maybe are looking for places to put your money, but don't really have a lot of it to make gambles on... I don't think that NFTs is the right place. But certainly, fine to be curious about them, fine to be interested in them. They're definitely taking up a lot of room in the conversation on technology right now. But yeah, that is my take. Okay, I love. I think that's, yeah. I think that's honestly a healthy outlook for most investments in general as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But we're all trying to up our game, especially like you said. I did not know you were in your 30s. I literally thought you were 22. <laughs> oh, uh, which my is God. fabulous. Girl, I you. am about to be 36. <laughs> Oh, wow. In just, okay. in just a, in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So I'm, 30, I'm 37. So we're neighbors. How oh. exciting. I really thought I was talking to a young uh, Gen Xer. <laughs> I have fooled you. You did. And you're literally wearing like a Y2K top right now. <laughs> and you got the, the rose gold headphones. I thought I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm talking to a cool teen right now. So, Hey, good for you. And this is something. 
I'm excited to hear that because we want to, as women in our 30s, we're trying to make some investments. We're trying to secure a future. Yes. I, 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 oh, I'm going to say I am like a real life kind of Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock where mm-hmm. I'm like, what are, like, Sari, what are the youth doing? <laughs> How yes. can I do it? <laughs> I know. I try my best to keep up with, I call it keeping up with the kids. Yes. I'm trying to do that. But okay, well, I'm even more excited now to find out that we are both millennial women. <laughs> yes. Trying to make it out there. Just trying to make it keep up with these kids. That's right. We're keeping up with those kids. Let's talk about your work for Ultraviolet because like I said, you've got you have multiple jobs, which again is is a millennial trait. <laughs> this is a rough market. We got to pay the bills. We have 10 jobs each. Oof. And we discussed this briefly earlier. How have you seen the representation of women and more importantly, women of color change in the time that you've been in media? Oh, again, I, you're nailing it with the question. <laughs> I love this question because I think the way that I've seen it change for women of color in the media is I think that there used to be an idea that women of color were just like consumers of media. We, we, we're not like creating media. We were certainly not driving the conversation. And that's been incorrect since the very beginning. Like we are the people who create culture. We, you know, dominate cultural conversations. If you want something to be a success or a hit, I think it, especially online and in media, I think it needs to involve women and women of color specifically. And I think only now are we really coming to see the powers that be really contend with that and say that, oh, women of color are the ones who are creating culture, creating the conversation online. If you look at stuff like TikTok or social media, so much of the reason why those places are fun and engaging are because of women and specifically black women. Oh, and so, all, the, all the sound effects on TikTok. Exactly. Absolutely. The one that's like, don't do it, girl. I'm not going to do, gonna it. do I'm it. I'm not going to do it. Ex- they use that on SNL. <laughs> they use what? That on, and Bowen during Weekend Update did it. And I was like, I hope they paid her. I hope she got yes. a SAG after a voiceover check. Because, honey, now we're crossing over into media and television. Like, mm-hmm. So, yes to the, yes to all that. Yeah. And, and I think we're seeing just more of the specifics of – we're able to have conversations about who is left out of, the, of exactly what you just brought up, right? So I always think about that example of – Peaches Monroe, who came up with, who popularized that phrase, eyebrows on fleek, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We saw that phrase everywhere. It was used, you know, oh, by a, ta- a Taco Bell ad. In and an Target, ad. you couldn't walk three feet in Target without a tumbler, a shirt. Everything exactly. had it on there, yeah. And so I think that before, the conversation would have been like, oh, well, who cares who gets credit? Like, the internet, once you put something on the internet, it belongs to everybody. And I think that now we're having conversations of, no, it really matters who gets credit because that can lead to very lucrative brand deals, very lucrative, you know, partnerships and other people, people who are not the creator, who typically are like white or non-black will go on to get materially profit, you know, whether it's Applebee's right. putting that in an ad or another influencer getting money from that material, materially profit while the people who invented these things and, and popularized these things just never get credit. And so I think that right. I see this evolution of people really acknowledging that so much of the foundational culture of what makes the internet fun and exciting is driven by women, women of color, and black women. And so yes. for me, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And also, I just wanted to say that followers are currency. So in or- so let's say a white young male creator uses the sound effect and then everyone follows him. 
he's getting currency when the original creator isn't getting those followers. Right. So everybody dig deep. When you find a sound you like, dig deep, find who did it and follow them. How about that? Follow them. Okay. Absolutely. And even if you're just an individual creator who's like, oh, I'm just like making a TikTok for my 20 TikTok friends, even just knowing the act of going to find who was the person who was the first to originate that, even that I think is a valuable change. I think there was a time where people didn't even see a value in knowing where these cultural staples came from. And I see that changing. So even if you're not getting a brand deal off of using this sound, you're just entertaining your 10 followers or whatever – even just the act of going to see, oh, that's the person who made that sound. Okay, that's what's up. That cultural understanding, I think we're coming to a place where that is becoming more mainstream, and I think it's great. Hashtag cultural understanding. And yes. also, this that ties into my next question to an extent. Because I would be, and I've interviewed several black women in beauty about the same topic, and they always say, we're consumers. Our money is a driving force in this business. I might be answering your question for you. I don't know. What are the ways in which you see tech and the beauty worlds colliding specifically? And I'm asking this because this is both of our interests combined. The beauty and the tech. The beauty and the tech. Are you seeing anything in that space right now? Oh, absolutely. I think that for me, they're kind of an overlapping thing. When you think of how often, like, women, women of color, black women, we are absolutely, like, our money is the money that is, like, making shit happen and making and breaking brands. And so I really see that that as true. Yeah. And so I really see that as a place where our attention, our economic power, the power of our dollar can really make or break brands, industries. And I've just seen so many interesting uses of the overlap of technology and beauty and overlap of technology and like culture and fashion online. It's just a very exciting time uh, to be in the space. And yeah, it's a time where it's a time where I really see our power as marginalized people really coming into its own and, and seeing people like acknowledge that. And so it's, it's super exciting. But I see beauty and tech as the Venn diagram is a circle. They're the yes, same thing pretty for me. much the same. Have you seen I just saw on TikTok, I believe it's YSL now has a lipstick maker that you scan a color and it will literally make the lipstick for you it'll make a perfect little amount just for the day so cool isn't that wild i love it and i love things like i think it's called drop shipping where instead of when you go to a clothing brand instead of it being like oh we've got a thousand of these shirts if you order the shirt they have the ability to just make one for you and then like to your specifications to you instead of making a bunch that are going to end up in a landfill i love how people are really innovating and using technology specifically in the beauty and fashion world to, to honestly use beauty and fashion to tackle some of these challenges that we yes. have as a society. So yes. love, love the lipstick. Love, I love the idea of just getting the perfect little amount that I want or need. Love Imagine it. having that in high school when uh, I don't know if you were like me, everything was matchy, matchy. It was like, if I had on your top right now, I would have a green eye, <laughs> a, a lavender lip. It was like, we loved a matchy, matchy look yes. in the 2000s. Imagine matching your lipstick to your shirt or your oh my god it would have been fab and also being able to try something out in a small amount like i bought this very expensive tube of black lip gloss from from mac and i bought Mm -hmm. it online and i was like oh this looks terrible on me and now i just have this like tube of of lip gloss that's was too expensive to feel good about throwing out but i will never wear again and so yeah just giving people more ownership over their consumer experience i think is great 
I'm trying to think of a second use for that, and I can't think of one. You could maybe do a like a glossy black eye. Oh, there we go. I feel yeah. like I've seen that wet look. I've seen like okay. a on Danessa Myricks's Instagram. We've seen yes. like a, a glossy, and then maybe a metallic lip with it. I like that. I'll try that. That's literally the only thing I can think of. You can't put that on your cheek. You'll just no. look, you'll just look wet. Yeah, I'll just look weird. Yeah, um, I did wear it a second time. As part of a Wednesday Adams Halloween okay. costume. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it got two uses. Great. Better than none. <laughs> exactly. Okay, now this is an attribute question, and I have to ask it because now we're in the nitty gritty of the beauty talk. Ooh, I, can't, I can't wait. I would love to know some of your fave products. Do you have a skin routine do you like? And maybe a hair routine because I've Ooh. seen on your Instagram, you rock the braids. You've, you've always got some gorgeous hairstyle. So do you have any favorite Ooh. products? Oh, yeah. So my holy grail product, it's so get it from the drugstore. Everybody loves it. Is it we love. Sir- CeraVe? Is that uh-huh. how it's pronounced? Yep. CeraVe. Uh, that, mm-hmm. CeraVe. That's my, I use their face wash. I've Keep. I, I'm. I want to be the kind of person who uses like a very fancy, expensive face wash, but my face just loves it, and it's like twelve dollars. No, and so- I personally think after my three hundred episodes in Ashview that cleansers are not what you need to be spending the money on. Mm-hmm. You wash them right off. It's not. That's what they say. Right. It's just not worth it. There are fabulous forty dollars cleansers, but I think a twelve dollar is great. Absolutely, because yeah. yeah, it's just on your face for a second. Yes, my favorite face cream, I guess not really a cream, but my favorite face item that I'm using right now is called Faded. If uh-huh. you have, it's, oh, love it. Yeah, I it, have I, it. I stopped using it while I'm pregnant, even though it might've been okay, but it's so great. I love it. It kind of smells like Nair, but uh-huh. I feel like, <laughs> yep. Yep. I love it. And I also it just love It kind of feels their, like Nair too. It's, a little it's bit. It's a chalky white, it, that's the, I want to say that's the niacinamide, but that's probably mm-hmm. not accurate. But it's by Topicals. Yes. And they have another, they have two hero Like butter. Products. Yes. Yeah, I, I use the like butter. I love it. I also just love their branding. Like when you go to their Instagram, it's women who have, or people who have faces like me. People who have hyperpigmentation, breakouts, aging skin, all of that. Like I used to, my experience of beauty so I've only recently gotten into a skincare routine, mm-hmm. beauty products. And I think that because in the 2000s, it was so aspirational, yes. like people who had perfect skin and my skin is never going to be perfect. Right. And so just having a different experience of, oh, this person actually has skin like me. This person has breakouts like me. This person has weird hyperpigmentation like me. I, I Something about the topicals branding just really speaks to me. Again, black owned brand. So they have a wonderful Instagram. It's just refreshing to see non-photoshopped photos. Yeah, Because like you said, the aspirational thing, it makes you feel like shit. You're like, for me, it's the opposite. It's not like, wow, if I buy that product, I'm going to look just like that lady. It's, I look like a fucking monster compared to that lady. It's not right (laughs) for me. Like, it's the opposite effect. When I see a real picture, that's when I'm like, yep, I need that. Exactly. And I feel like all of that perfect skin airbrush and crap it only similar to you I felt like there was I didn't I couldn't even compete my skin was never going to look like that so I may as well not even have a skincare routine I may as well not wash my face it turns me off exactly yeah I'm happy you love that product I agree I think I gave it to my friend just because I'm being extra careful right now I don't want to use something there's all these roles if you ever have kids you got to google a lot of shit I'm curious, what what have you 
What are the things that you should not be using if you are expecting? No retinol. Okay. Yeah. That's the biggest one. But then there's just certain chemical ingredients that, I don't know, I'm being extra, extra careful because when it's your first kid and Mm. I'm 37, I'm like, I'm not trying to do anything bad. (laughs) Uh, So I'm like, I'm washing my face with beet juice and distilled water. Like I'm like, I threw out everything. But the big one is retinol-based products, which I love a retinol. Mm. I love a retinol. And Faded does not have retinol in it. It does not. Yeah, your skin looks fantastic. Oh, thanks. We love a Zoom filter. (laughs) We we absolutely love a Zoom filter. We're doing all we can. Okay, any other products, Bridget? Do you have a hair oil you like, a hair product? Oh, oh yes. There is a new product, also black-owned brand, uh, Sunday to Sunday. So I, as you said, I use a lot of protective styles. and I have natural hair. I grew up my relaxer quite a few years ago. What an ordeal that shit was. But because I'm super busy and I also have to look mildly camera ready pretty like mm-hmm. pretty regularly without a lot of without a lot of uh notice i usually do the twists the braids the this to that and so sunday to sunday is a new line of styling tools for particularly for protective styles and so they have an edge cream that i love they have a dry shampoo for curly hair like a, a micellar water for your braids and so if you oh. don't want to wash your braids all the time um, you can get it at sephora i just re-upped love it also black owned brand yeah i they love really- that i remember my best friend wears braids sometimes and she was telling me what is it witch hazel she would have to put mm-hmm. on her scalp yeah oh i'm gonna get her that micellar water yeah that's sunday exciting. to sunday yeah. uh i love it and it really the their edge serum and their uh, micellar water i have been able to extend i mean i probably should get these braids redone that's why it's up but I've been able to extend my protective styles for like much longer than I would have otherwise. So love them. Nice. Cannot cannot shout them out enough. That's fab. Oh, I'm excited. They're about to get some sales. Let me <laughs> yes. tell you something. Let me tell you something. The honeys, the, we call the Nashville listeners honeys. The honeys are coming oh, for that. So get yes. Sunday to Sunday. Get ready. I hope your warehouse is full. Oh, I, it makes me very happy. Love. I love that you're like like shouting out these brands that you love to show them some love and oh we I love lo- it the, the power of natribute the power of again podcast audiences as well there was a time and we don't know how we feel about jeff bezos obviously but there was a time a few years ago when you would go on amazon if you would type in a certain product it would go recommended also and it was like five other things that we <laughs> talked about on natribute because obviously the honeys were going on and buying the five things from an episode at the same time Yes. See the power of the podcast. The, pow- the power of podcast and its potty- power of like women as consumers. Like we yep. build brands, we move brands. We Our do. dollar is powerful, and we love on Natribute specifically woman-owned brands and yes. indie woman-owned brands, just because we're trying to spread. We want women to get rich on Natribute. Hell yeah! That's why I'm saying get those NFTs, honey. If you've got the <laughs> cash. Get you an NFT, but, but definitely. But do well, your research, okay? Don't do anything yes. stupid. Yes. Yes. Don't just do it because Jimmy Fallon told you to. Like, oh, do yeah. your research. Absolutely. Listen to There Are No Girls on the <laughs> Internet and, and really know what you're doing first. Oh, yeah. 
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. Oh, yeah. You posted a photo recently on your Instagram that you had a fibroid surgery. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring this up because, well, not first of all, you also said that you bought an air fryer and I'm an <laughs> air fry freak. Like... It's right behind me. You can probably see oh, it. Oh, yes. I said certified air fryer freak seven days a week. Okay. I am fully in the cult. But first of all, the fibroid surgery. I appreciate that you posted about this. Women and people don't know about fibroids. And I know friends of mine who they were having such a hard time. They could not get pregnant. They did not know what was going on. And then to come to find out they've got these damn fibroids in them that, that have been there forever. That have been yep. there since they were young. Like... Could you maybe, if you're comfortable, tell us a little bit about that journey? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. It's a topic that we need to talk about all the time, right? We need right? to talk about fibroids. Yes. Yeah, yes. So how to. I found out that I had fibroids is such a weird story. So I, when I started my period, I always thought that everybody's periods lasted for like nine days Oof. and were so heavy and that you would Oof. maybe have nausea and that you would maybe need to call out of school or work sometimes. Yeah. I just thought like, that's a normal that's experience. Normal. Yeah. Isn't and that then, crazy that that's the, th- absolutely. So there was this commercial for uh, back in, I think it was like the two thousands for this birth control that they were, one of the things they were advertising was like, Oh, you have on average three day periods when yes. you take it. And I was talking to my friends in high school. Was it was orthotricycline like, low? I think that's it. Yeah, I yeah. was on that in college because I was like, oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> Three-day periods. Yeah. So I was talking to my friends and I was like, wow, three-day periods. Could you imagine? And they were like, oh, three days is about how long mine are, three or four days. And I was like, what? Mine yeah. are nine days. Mine are was- two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so that was the first time I was like, maybe my periods are not normal. And so then I because I was young, just lived for several more years until adulthood. And again, this is going to sound so weird, but this is how it happened. I was watching an episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta, and Cynthia, her character, talks about how she is dealing with fibroids, and she talks about some of the symptoms that she has. And specifically, she was photographed in a dress, and people were like, oh, is she expecting? Is she pregnant? Because her belly looked distended. And she was like, oh, I'm not pregnant. I'm not expecting. I have fibroids. And I realized, I was like, oh, all of these symptoms that she has, I also have. I thought they were just normal. And I went to the doctor, and that was the first time that I found out that I actually had pretty intense fibroids. So my fibroids were Two of them were the size of lemons, and then oh. one of them was the size of a lime. And so, oh my God, you have a whole citrus orchard happening a whole, in there. A whole citrus orchard wow. in my uterus. Absurd. And you had no idea. No idea. Yeah. None. And so, had you, know, you been going to the gynecologist too? Because that's the thing, they don't even know to look for them. Yeah. So, I had been going to the gynecologist, and the first time that I went to the gynecologist, this was like, 
maybe 2008, 2009, they basically were like, there's not really much that I would recommend that you do. I know that you're in pain, but essentially like, that's like Take all, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I continued to live with that pain for so long. And when I say like pain, it was very normal for me to have to take a day off work because of period pain. I would get nauseous. Sometimes I would vomit. Like it was pretty bad. And it just was like my life. And it wasn't until finding when I was starting to have the conversation about maybe starting a family because, you know, we wanted to get pregnant. Um, in going to the doctor with that specific thing in mind, the doctor was like, I would recommend you get these taken out. It's an invasive procedure, but he was like, it's if you are interested in conceiving and if you are just in pain for a lot of your, a lot of the time, you should think about this. And my first instinct was like, I don't want them to cut me up. You know, yeah. I've heard horror stories. It's a big stories. decision for sure. It's a big decision. I've heard horror stories of black women, women in general, yes. also just not being taken seriously People by don't medical professionals. To, yes. Exactly. So I, it was a real um, decision that I made, but I am so happy that I did. I cannot believe how long I dealt with that pain. And honestly, it was just like a two-week process of going in for the surgery, prepping for the surgery, going in for the surgery and recovering. And already the benefit to my life has been immeasurable. I I can't believe I waited so long. Oh, I'm so glad. A lot of fibroids, I believe, are not, they're inoperable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I've had friends go in and they're like, sorry, it's in there. We can't get it out. I think it depends on where they are and how big they are, right? So definitely talk to your doctor. The surgery that I had, the myomectomy, was – I, I am lucky that it was pretty, quote, unquote, easy. You know, it was, I'm not going to say it wasn't right. – it was invasive and it, it was a surgery. Yeah. yeah. But it really – if I could do it – if I could choose to do it again, I absolutely would. If anybody has questions about it, I was on – message boards for it for like months like getting all the you were in those aol chat rooms oh yes oh yes (laughs) and yeah it really was like i've experienced a night and day difference and getting on the journey of thinking about like parenthood and all of that i feel like doors are open to me that i I had always just thought were shut and so it is it's been great i'm I'm so happy that i decided to go for it i don't i don't know that it's for everybody but it was such a, a a good thing in my life and i We'll never stop talking about it. And fun fact, the when I was leaving the, the surgery, I was so completely fucking drugged up and my partner was there. And the one thing that that my partner said that I guess like did not get imparted to me was she should not make any major financial or professional decisions for 48 hours. And I guess like that was that information Somehow was not communicated was not to relate me. relate to you, yes. <laughs> and then I got that and then an air fryer showed up and it was like, oh, I guess I... Really wanted to buy that air fryer while I was drugged up. That is so funny, but you made a good choice with that. Yes. <laughs> I, I love an air fryer. Thank you, Bridget, for sharing that. Vital information, fibroid awareness is yes. something they- that, that it's only come up on Nashville a couple of times. So fibroid awareness, uh, if, if anyone out there is in pain, something to look into. Definitely. I'm glad that you make space for it because... We don't talk about it and people yes. don't know their options and they should. Well, yeah, again, especially now being when I started trying to get pregnant, I'm very lucky in that it was easy and quick, all things considered. But again, I have friends who it wasn't working, it wasn't working. And then to come to find out they have fibroids. They had no clue their whole life right. they were in there. So everybody check out the fibroids. And thank you, Bridget. Two last questions. What have you been making in the air fryer? <laughs> and also... The last question everybody gets on Ashboot is self-care rituals. What are the things that you have to do 
that make Bridget Bridget that are that are absolute non-negotiables for you and your self-care? Ooh, I love both of these questions. So the air fryer, I'm putting everything in there. Yes, it is same. such a dream. It's so I, I really love it for vegetables. If you've mm-hmm. got like frozen broccoli, frozen veggies, they can be on your plate so quickly. And it's so perfect for like it crisps things in this perfect way. I was a, a I'm a skeptic usually of like kitchen apply mm-hmm. novelty appliances, like instant pot. I was like, oh, what is that? And then I got one and then I loved it. Air fryer. I, I do see your soda stream, which yes. <laughs> plays into your narrative of loving uh, effervescent drinks. Yes, I love life is too short to drink drinks that don't have bubbles. Yes. <laughs> um, life but yeah, is I love too it. short for flat drinks. Exactly. What was the last question that you asked? The self care like, rituals. Oh, yes, self care rituals. I am so I get up every morning and if I'm going to set myself up for a good day, my ritual is I cannot look at my phone or be on my phone for the first 30 minutes of being awake. And so when I wake up, I, I have to, to do journal. That. It's hard to do. I have to do Wordle. Now I have to do Wordle. Do you Wordle? I used to Wordle. I am of the thought that they, they are like, I'm not going to say they're making it harder, but I realized that it was no longer a fun thing for me. Yes, I think it was it stressful. Was, there was one word in particular. Oh, null. The, well, the no, that it was fuck null. You, null. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, like, null. <laughs> what the fuck is a null? Anyway, it's like a hump of ground, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that one really stuck in my craw as well. Yeah, I was like, this is too hard and it's actually not fun. It's just, yeah. just distressing. <laughs> You're just being cruel now, Wordle. Yes. But yeah, so I, one tip I have if you're trying to reduce your cell phone use, if you have an iPhone, under the accessibility settings, you can switch your phone to being from color to black and white. Mm-hmm. Overnight, it has changed the amount of time I use my phone. So that has been a really big game changer. So my phone oh, is in black and like white. because it's like not as appealing. Yeah. It's like looking at it. a I Love Lucy episode versus exactly. like a Euphoria episode or something. Okay. Wow. Exactly. Okay. So if I'm going to start my day off to have a good day, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to journal and drink water, and I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm going to do some kind of movement. It doesn't have to be anything big. Sometimes it's just like dancing around my apartment for 15 minutes. If I'm having a really good day, I'll try to like meditate or go for a walk outside. But yeah, those are the things that are like non-negotiable that if I am going to have a good day, I have to do that. I don't do it all the time. Like on Friday, I woke up and there was like breaking Supreme Court news that I had to manage. And so from the moment I opened my eyes to the moment I closed them, I was like on my phone in front of my computer and I was in a grumpy mood. But those are my, that if I'm taking care of myself, like those are the things I have to do to start my day. And I don't, I don't do it all the time. I'm trying to stay on routine. Yeah. Fabulous. I'm going to try that black and white tip. That's that's clutch. It's been so good. Like tech companies, they want you glued mm-hmm. to your phone. They yeah, they want they want your brain to be responding to looking at your phone the way like it will be responding to using a drug. Pavlov's dogs. With those, yes. Every time we hear that sound, we <laughs> that run is over exactly to the right. Phone. Yes. <laughs> that's really helpful. I'm going to I feel like I wake up and I try to go, I'm grateful for the day. It's going to be a great day. Like I I rush through kind of that and then I go, okay, What's going on in Wordle? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on on Twitter? Okay. What emails have I got? Because there's so much, there's so much East Coast work. So I get emails from all the East Coasters that have oh. been up. And I'm like, what am I doing? Get out of bed. Open the blinds. Pet your dog. These are the things I should be doing instead. Bridget, I'm going to make a change because of you. Yes. I guess I didn't even think about the time zone difference that like, 
by the time when you get up, I've been up for yes. a few hours and I'm like sending emails your way and it's like, oh, yes. I've just gotten up and now I'm dealing with this. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, but that's not, you shouldn't not send emails to people on the West Coast, but we should just, instead of as soon as we wake up, open our phones, just take a few more minutes and, and settle into the day a little bit. My whole oh. podcast network is all East Coast, so... I wake up and it's like, I got an email at 4 a.m. that's like, hey, Jackie, can you do your third love ad today? And I'm like, I just got up. But y'all are already popping over there on the East Coast. Yes. I mean, I, I often repeat to myself, there is no such thing as a podcast emergency, right? Yes, like, 100%. I'm not a doctor. I don't work for an ER. Yep, like, yep. this shit is not life or death. People, right. will, people will be okay if I take an hour to myself when I get up and then get to their email. They'll that's be fine. Right. Like, that's right. That's very true. And again, it's just this millennial work-life balance where our lives have bled together so much because of phones and accessibility is that I'm working all the time. Even when I'm not working, we're getting the emails, we're getting the text. I think texts are very invasive. Yeah, I don't really fuck with, or I'll say this, I have to be very intentional about invasive technologies. And so Mm -hmm. emails and texts, things where I'm just minding my business and you reached out to me, I have to be very intentional. Otherwise, it can completely derail my focus and my day. If I, I could, I could spend all day crafting a response to an email that somebody sent me that I, that like a cold email. And it's like, yeah. well, I, I want to, so I'm very intentional about the role that technology plays just in my day to day, you know, vibe, because otherwise I'll just, I, I'm so likely to just give into it and have it make the decisions, not me, the human make the decisions. Are you a Pisces? I am. <laughs> How did you yeah. know? Well, you said your birthday was in a few oh. weeks, but. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, and my bestie, who I was talking about earlier with her braids, she's a Pisces, and Pisces and I just vibe. And we've—is it fair to say we've been vibing, Bridget? Oh, vibe on vibe. I'm on vibe. so impressed with you. I'm so happy that you came on Attribute and that we are now friends. Next time I'm in DC visiting my in-laws, I will come hang. Please do There's, anytime. Take me somewhere good to eat. Oh, I got you. I got okay. you. I got oh, this. Oh, good. I saw the brain already click. You were like, <laughs> I've got my list of everything going. When I'm in Bethesda, Bethesda bagels, I ate there Ooh. every day. Yes. That's my, when I'm having a bad day, I hate to even say this. If I'm having a bad day, I Uber eats Bethesda bagels for yeah. lunch and it, okay. it boosts my mood every time. Okay. I, I would get up in the morning and walk to Bethesda bagels from my mother and father-in-law's condo. And I would stand in that line in the pandemic, okay, with masks and distancing and everything, but I couldn't stop. I just couldn't it's stop. It's so good. It was so fun and Jenny's ice cream and there's mm. just so many good places. So we'll have to do a hang. Come to DC. We'll eat all the food and okay. drink Prosecco. Okay. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm going to have a little baby with me. I hope that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. She's invited. It's a boy. Oh, he's invited. <laughs> Not to sound disappointed. I'm, I'm fine with it now, but I, I, you know, we all want a little version of us because we're narcissists, okay? Anyway, Bridget, tell us where we can find you. Everybody's going to want to follow you now. Oh, uh, well, please follow me. You can follow me on Instagram at Bridget Marie in DC or on Twitter at Bridget Marie. And you can listen to my podcast. There are no girls on the internet. Wherever you get your podcast, we would love to have you. There New you season go. drops March 1st. Oh, look at that. Perfect timing to get on board. We love a new season. We love a season premiere. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Bridget, for being here. And uh, I'll be seeing you when we hang. Yes. And when wait. you're in LA, obviously come hang because I'll get, do you like boba tea? Oh, I love okay. boba tea. I live in like the boba tea mecca. 
San Gabriel Val is where it's at. So get we'll get some boba tea. We'll, I always say boba tea and talk shit. That's like my favorite thing. So we can push the baby stroller, talk shit. It's going to be fabulous. Thank you for being here, Bridget. And thank you for listening. All the honeys, you deserve to be happy. I'm talking to you. And don't forget to cream your neck and keep your fringe fresh. Bridget, two questions. Do you cream your neck and have you ever had bangs? I cream my neck. I've had so many bad bangs that I cut myself. So yes, yes to both. You come through with the answers. Oh, you come through.